0: What is up guys? Just demonstrating reverse walking. So I'm out today walking a little bit and I like to alternate normal walking with reverse walking. So reverse walking is very good because you strengthen a different part that you don't do uh, necessary strength when you just do regular walking. And, but there's a specific way that I did, you have to do the reverse walking to get the best bang for your bucks. So as you can see, like the way I was walking, I was doing, when I was stepping back, I was going onto my heel and then I was doing complete quad extension as I was doing it. So let, let's say you do something like knees over toes guy is a big proponent of walking backwards, but he just focuses on walking backwards uh, by pushing off of his toes, you know. So that's not a problem, but you want to make sure like to get the best bang for your buck, you want to go onto your heel, completely extend your foot back up, and therefore you activate your tibialis anterior. That is very good for you know, um, balancing out the calf area of the muscle. So a lot of people get knee problems because they don't strengthen that anterior part. So in I don't think it's it's a Japanese or Chinese culture where they do a lot of reverse walking and they say like a hundred step backward is better than a thousand steps forward. So for overall longevity and joint longevity and muscle balance and stuff, Backwards walking is amazing, and if you can do it onto a heel, so you walk backwards onto a heel, that's going to be even better because then you put some more resistance on your, you know, on, on the movement, on your knees. And this is very nice on the knees, so anyone kind of like with knee pain can do this without having any kind of knee pain. And if you don't have a weight, you don't have a sled to drag with you, then this kind of movement is really ideal on a slight slope. So obviously, if you're just starting out, your knee span a lot, start on a, on a your flat surface or a very small slope, and then as you get stronger, you can increase the slope. But always make sure you're going you know, on your heel, full extension of that leg when you're moving backwards. Um, so another reason why that's important is because you wanna do full range of motion. So lo- this is what Alex Smolovic has been teaching me a lot. Alex is my sprint coach, is that you wanna make sure anything you do, if it's like reverse walking, the lifting you do, especially the weight training, you want to make sure you do full range of motion on that movement. So when you do military press, you know, you're going from here all the way up. You're completely extending all the way up. So what I used to do is because I want to keep uh, tension on the muscle, I would just, you know, go up like this. Just uh, keep tension on the muscle. But your body is like, so what is this range of motion, you know? So you're only going to here. So this is full range of motion from now on. And the same thing with your squats, if you're kind of like coming up halfway, but you're you're not kind of like locking out, you know, you're not thrusting your pelvis forwards, your body would see that as the new range of motion, and that would kind of like harm your athletic movements, your sprints and all that kind of stuff, it will have a negative impact moving forward in other things that you do. So you want to make sure that you get that full range of motion, so when you're walking backwards you get that complete quad extension at the end of the movement right so that's reverse walking that's what i prefer to do um you know when it comes to boring walking i like to alternate with different kind of stuff to keep it interesting so um you know I like i have rollerblades so i might start rollerblading more often because that's also great for creating stability in the knees and the hips and in the um the ankles so i want to do that more frequently and it's more fun for me to do an activity like that because you're learning a new movement than just regular walking like i'm not trying to say neg- regular walking is just useless. Regular walking is awesome because you're strengthening a lot of your... <laughs> walking is better than non-walking. Walking is awesome. Um, but so, okay, that, that's enough with walking. So I wanna talk to you about kind of like diet and all those kind of stuff. Um, my diet, I switched from beans to lentils and um, lentils seem to be much more satiating for me than just black beans. But with the black beans, I noticed that I was having um, it digested better because it was canned. So I think, like, just the process of they they boil it and then they they soak it for so long in the can that improves digestibility for me. So that's what I really enjoyed. And I digested better. But with the lentils, you know, you have to cook it for like an hour and stuff like that. And I still seem to kind of like not respond as optimally to lentils as I would with the black beans. But I'm just going to stick with it um, at least. Like in the past, I would have food sensitivities to like beans and lentils, and now I don't have any, so that's pretty awesome. That's what, really what I enjoy. So, I'm just gonna give this some more um, room space going forward, gonna experiment with a little bit longer. I switched over to fatty lean meat because I think that's gonna help better with the satiety as well. Um, not really counting calories, but I think I'm <clears throat> about 2600 2800, and we'll just keep an eye on fat loss obviously going forward um all right so guys that was a long rant because i actually want to talk to you about melatonin and vitamin d so melatonin has long been doomed uh, doomed i guess in the repeat community ray ray is not a big fan of melatonin because it's kind of like a stress hormone in a way but it's like a protective stress hormone you don't want it to be elevated all the time it is protective at night you know that's why it becomes elevated um but i'm not trying to make a point here for that you have to supplement melatonin you, i want to make a point for getting into the sun so there's an inverse correlation between vitamin d and melatonin so first of all there's that people that live very south or very uh, very south or very north you know tend to have low levels of vitamin d and higher levels of melatonin and they also have higher prevalence of uh, autoimmune conditions like multiple sclerosis so it's not necessarily a good thing and uh, melatonin won't necessarily protect you can Those kind of stuff. So, a lot of people think melatonin is only produced in the pineal glands, the pineal hormone, but it's actually produced in the gastrointestinal tract, in the muscles, the skin, um, the retina, and a few other places as well. So, I specifically want to talk about the gut here because the gut fascinates me. And when you have low vitamin D, you have a higher risk of having, you know, gut problems like IBS, constipation, diarrhea, uh, IBD, like ulcerative colitis, Crohn's. Colitis is just normal gut inflammation. So you have a higher risk of those kind of stuff. And usually when you have gut problems, you also have gut dysbiosis, which means that you have a a wrong balance of certain good and bad bacteria. Some bacteria just much worse than other ones. So you have a higher proponent, a higher amount of the bacteria that you don't want that's producing toxins, and you have lower bacteria that's producing beneficial things like the short chain fatty acids like butyrate. So first of all, there's that. So what happens like when you eat meat, your, there's amino acid transporters in the gut that absorb the tryptophan that you eat. But when you have colitis, gut inflammation, that tryptophan transporter becomes down so there's more tryptophan in the gut, and there's bacteria that feed on that tryptophan, creating toxic metabolites, which is not a good thing. So you have, you're absorbing less tryptophan, so you're making less melatonin, and then that um, tryptophan is then used in the gut to produce toxic metabolites, and also, so it's someone just coming by, so when you are, um, you have colitis and gut inflammation, that inflammation upregulates a certain pathway, the kynurenine pathway, that if it's well regulated, it produces a lot of NAD, which is good, but if it's upregulated by inflammation in a bad way, it can produce a lot of neurotoxic metabolites, so there are two ways that you are wasting tryptophan and not producing melatonin. And if you don't have enough vitamin D, you also have a higher risk of having gut stasis, which means your transit time is so slow that things aren't moving. And that increases the risk of oxidative stress, leaky gut, absorbing more toxins into the system, causing problems. So at the point I'm trying to make is that if you're low in vitamin D, you will most likely have low melatonin in the gut. And, um melatonin in itself is actually highly beneficial so it's also so vitamin d increases melatonin in the gut sunlight increases melatonin where it shines on your skin in in the organs that can penetrate the red light specifically and melatonin is known as an antioxidant very strong antioxidant which protects your cells against damage and all those kind of stuff which is a good thing um but um what was i gonna say so a few of the benefits of melatonin include it's one of the best and the estrogenic compounds out there so first of all it reduces the expression of the estrogen receptor alpha it reduces the, the affinity that estrogen has to the estrogen receptor alpha then it, re, uh, it reduces the binding of that receptor to dna to actually you know express whatever it wants to do then it also inhibits the aromatase it enhances estrogen detoxification in the liver it modulates the microbiome in a way that so there are more microbes that express beta-glucuronidase that reactivate estrogen so your body can reabsorb it again. So cardamom is one of those beneficial compounds that can you know, inhibit beta-glucuronidase and, and enhance estrogen ex- excretion. Melatonin is another compound that can do that. And last sorry about that guys, <laughs> my memory ran out so I had to, to free up some more memories so what I was trying to say is that the last point is that um, melatonin can shift pre-adipocytes into mature adipocytes that don't express the aromatase because we know a lot like the, the fatter someone like is the more adipocytes they have the more fat tissue they have the more aromatase they have but melatonin promotes the, the production of fat cells that don't express the aromatase so looks like melatonin is one of those really really good compounds that Inhibits estrogen access in tissue and in the body in general it protects you against estrogen dominance now i'm not trying to say you want to supplement uh, melatonin but you want to maximize your vitamin d and sunlight exposure because then your body will produce the melatonin itself so there was a specific doctor i was listening to on a podcast and he was talking about how he fixes a lot of i think he has a clinic and stuff i want to get see if i can get him on the podcast but he has a clinic and he fixes everyone's sleep by getting them in sunlight. Like he never had to use melatonin to fix someone's sleep. He just had to make sure they fix their circadian rhythm, get sunlight in the morning, get sunlight during the day, make sure you get as much sunlight as possible. Sunlight, sunlight, sunlight. It always comes down to getting your adequate sunlight. So that's the rant for this podcast or for this little vlog. I hope you guys found it helpful. And I'm going to rant a lot more on the benefits of sunlight specifically. Um, There was actually one thing but I'm gonna leave that. That's a teaser for the next one, yeah. so you guys can check it. Okay, guys, I hope you found this video helpful and interesting. Um, let me know in the comments below what you think. If you have any questions regarding the stuff I just discussed or things you want to hear more of, Or right, guys, peace. Check out, check you in the next one.